they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. And today is a really cool episode. We are talking about love, sticking with the theme for the month of February. And today, I just wanted to share an incredibly powerful story with all of you. We're not really into the storytelling usually. Um, I mean, stories often come out when we interview our guests, but we always have sort of a theme and, um, you know, a, a planned thing to talk about. But today we're just really listening to this beautiful, powerful story. And I'm so excited to share it with you. We have such an amazing guest on today, Adrian Collins. Hi, Adrian. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. It's my pleasure. I've actually been trying to get you on for a while. So I'm glad that you, we finally were able to make this work, especially with everything you have going on right now, which we can share with our guests in a, in a little bit with our listeners. But I want to do your formal introduction first, and then we're just going to dive in and talk about your, your journey. So oh, Adri- great. <laughs> yeah. Adrienne Collins is a fellow author. She writes about real life complexities of being both a birth mom and an adoptive mother. She has testified before the Colorado Senate Committee on behalf of Colorado Children First Act. She has been a guest on many podcasts and featured on the Today Show Parents and Today.com. She's been published in lots of publications, which I'll, I'll put in the show notes. She's also the adoption blog manager for Hope's Promise, a faith-based adoption agency. Adrienne studied journalism in university in San Diego and is married to her high school sweetheart, where they currently reside in Castle Rock, Colorado. Adrienne completed her first memoir about hope and healing through the journey of adoption. So I can't wait to hear more about all of that because that just is so much. But to start, why don't we just jump in and tell us about who you are, not your bio, but who, who are you really? What is your story? Who is Adrian? Oh, well, that is such a good <laughs> question. I'm still learning that day to day, you know, as I go through this journey. But, you know, today I would say I'm a wife and mother of five, but I have walked a journey that has taught me to learn to choose love over fear and choose grace over guilt and shame and, and making peace with difficult decisions that we have to do as mothers every single day. Um, so that is just, that is who I am at the core is just taking the journey that I've been on and looking back and, and realizing that we do the best we can with what we know at the time and not to dwell on the what ifs, but to keep moving forward. 
So mm-hmm. that, I mean, that is my core. That is who I am. That is what I encourage other moms um, to do in their walk, no matter if they relate to my story or not. We all have a story. And well, that, my lady, is a rather big nutshell. So <laughs> let's, yes, um, exactly. let's dive into that a little bit because I, I love how you say this whole fear versus love scenario. You know, I, I read a lot of Marianne Williamson and I'm a big fan of, you know, finding love in all scenarios. Again, the theme this month on YGT Mama is all about love, but what a what an interesting dynamic to talk about it from a place versus fear. Because when people think love, they think the opposite is hate, but really the opposite is fear, right? Fear exactly. is the the alter ego of love. It's the other side of it. So I think where we're going to start today is you telling your story so our listeners can get an idea of why that core value is so important to you and, and how it evolved and where it came from. Because your story is so powerful and I, I just know that so many of our listeners will connect to that feeling, even if their story isn't identical to yours, just that, that feeling of, of fear, right? And, and shame, as you said, sort of like fighting against the shame. Well, I would love to jump in. So let's start in college. When I was a college student, I was a junior in college, and I had built this pedestal for myself called perfection. And I just tried to do everything I could to be, you know, perfect in this um, religious school that I was attending at the time. You know, I was an RA, I was an editor of a newspaper, I was a you know, editor-in-chief of a magazine, I, I went to church every Sunday, I did all these things that I thought would prove myself to be worthy and perfect. And then lo and behold, I learned I was pregnant. And I was pregnant with my high school sweetheart. We were dating long distance um, at that time. And, And I always dreamed of being a mom one day, but the floor just dropped underneath me and I didn't know what to do or, or how to move forward. I had no way of providing the kind of life that I felt my baby deserved. And I often say in that moment, the most expensive thing I owned was my purse, which is probably true. That means I really didn't have any kind of financial um, stability, nor did my boyfriend at the time, to be able to provide the kind of life we wanted for our baby. I really wrestled with the decision of what to do, how to move forward. I hid my pregnancy for a good five months for fear of anyone knowing Um, anyone knowing that I wasn't perfect after all, um, being released from school. It was a very lonely, lonely time in my life. And after a lot of wrestling, uh, in the end, I made the heart-wrenching decision to move forward with an adoption plan for my baby girl. You know, and, and the fear there, the fear there was that in that choice, people would think I was a monster. I was unloving. I was a terrible mom. I was lazy, irresponsible. I was somebody who, you know, abandoned their child. And and that fear I had to really wrestle with and realize that, that to put that aside and know that this was not, I was going to make a choice out of love. And the love 
in that decision was, you know, I am going to do the best I can for my daughter. I'm going to give her the life that I can't provide because I want the best for her. And I just held on to that truth that at that time in my life, I loved her so much that I was going to provide the kind of life that I couldn't and move forward in that and not let fear internalize and make me feel like I was, you know, unloved or uncherished, unworthy for making the best decision I could. Mm. See, I think that's so beautiful that you made that decision because so many people would be afraid, right? They, and it's, I just think it's such a wonderful thing that, that you did. I commend you for that. It's beautiful. Um, so what happened next? Well, you know, leaving the hospital without my baby girl, I will say was the single hardest thing I've ever done. I, I had to hold on my onto my foundation, my reason for making an adoption plan. I had to sit in that grief for months and really walk through it. And, you know, I couldn't run away, fill it with distractions, pretend it wasn't there. I, I had to understand the loss. Uh, I went back to school, finished school. And that, that senior year alone, um, my boyfriend at the time was working in a different state. But I, you know, I had to cling to hope that I would see my daughter when the time was right. And the biggest thing I had to work on was letting go of, of guilt and shame. And, and, that, and that goes back into fear, too, it, is, oh, my goodness, it, it, am I not worthy of love anymore? Um, it, am I a horrible mother is that just who I am? Is that my new identity? Am I not valued anymore? Am I going to walk with guilt and shame forever? And, you know, through that time period, and again, this was multiple years that I had to really understand that the love piece of that was that I had to find a way to give myself grace. And I'm not called to be perfect I'm called to be the best that I can be, and I don't have to earn love, but I could choose to walk in love and grace. And so I just kept moving forward, moving forward, um, you know, really looking at the dreams that I had ahead of myself and, and really coming to a place of understanding where, where I couldn't dwell on the what ifs. I had to keep one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. So after... Um, you know, the years went by. I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart and the birth father to my daughter. And then we gave birth to three boys. So wow. <laughs> that was, you know, it was, I, it was such a joy to um, find a sweet spot in motherhood and to really just embrace that new journey in my life. And even though we had begun our marriage with a severe loss, we worked through that together and were able to overcome the fears of just that constant worry and anxiety and, and thinking that we didn't do a good decision, but really say, you know, we did the best that we could and we're going to move forward and be the best parents we can for um, our children. So, you know, after having three boys, I decided to start being a volunteer to as a mentor to birth moms. And I remembered how alone I was and how difficult that was to walk my journey 
completely alone with no one around me. And I really felt that I wanted to walk beside other birth moms in their journey. Um, not that I could provide the perfect answer, but just be there and answer any questions I could about the process, really just offer a shoulder to cry on. And I think as moms, you know, no matter what our journey is, there's so many women out there that we don't even know walk the same journey that are just desperate and grasping for someone just to say, hey, has anybody else been here? Has anybody else walked the same road? And, and that just fell on my heart to really show that love to others. I mean, I was desperately afraid to speak it because I didn't want others to look down on me. But I knew that the most loving decision I could was to love on another and come alongside them in their particular journey. Well, one meeting that I went on happened to be a family friend and she had encountered an unexpected pregnancy. And I decided to offer to meet her for coffee and just kind of walk alongside her. I met with her a couple times and one of the times she was really shaky and, and nervous and I didn't know what was going on, but she turned to me and asked me to adopt her son. Oh, wow. And I was shocked. I mean, but thrilled. I mean, I said yes immediately without even asking my husband, which I don't recommend anybody do, but it was, it was just as emotional. This is meant to be, this is going to be part of our family. Adoption is going to be part of my journey. And I fully embraced it. My husband agreed, thankfully, and he was thrilled. And so, you know, we really started coming into this new place of being um, birth parents to adoptive parents. And, and during that process, a lot of feelings of being a birth mom came flooding back, like all this heartache and loss started bubbling up. And I had this fear that, oh my gosh, can I be a good adoptive mom? What if I don't love her son as much as I love my other children? What if I disappoint her? What if I can't measure up? And all these fears just started, you know, taking over my mind. And then I had to come to a place of what would love tell me to do? You know, what is love anyway? And that is that Love told me I can do this. Love isn't divided into tiny pieces. It's where we can only give, you know, one piece at a time. It's meant to expand and extend out to others. And I had to embrace the fact that I was worthy to be this child's mom and that I was given enough love to spread to all of my children. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to embrace that for the next part of our journey. I love that. I, I think that's so powerful because I, I don't know where I read it or where I heard it, but it was talking about love like a candle, how you can light a candle and then use that flame to light a whole bunch of other candles and you'll never run out of flame. And you'll, you know, it's, it's the analogy is that there's always more love. You're never going to run out of it. You can always find the energy to love more and love deeper. And, you know, there's, it doesn't sort of limit how many people you can love. So I, I think that's a really powerful thing. You know, I, I have a stepson who 
lives with us full time and he, he is my son. I don't see him as any different. And I grew up as the only birth child to my parents who were foster parents and they adopted four children. So I had adopted siblings mm-hmm. growing up. So for me, it was ingrained in me as a young child that love is love and not blood. Mm-hmm. And that was always such a, a powerful emotion and lesson for me. So I, I just think it's, it's very beautiful that, you know, you can show that and show it to your children too. Exactly. And that's a beautiful story and a beautiful analogy about the candle. And, you know, it was, we, it was something that I had to, to embrace and not let those fears tell me that I, you know, I couldn't show love that I did have enough love to spread and that you're right. It's not just about blood. It's we, we are a family. And, and that was the message that I um, started to share with my boys and they were so excited to have a, you know, a baby brother in the house. And, and so, you know, we continue in the story. I think about maybe two weeks after bringing this sweet newborn home when I'm already filled with emotions and not sleeping and, you know, all (laughs) the stuff that we go with the mother, the phone rings and it is our 12 year old daughter. Wow. And the, I mean, it was so startling, so surreal to just to hear a voice that sounded just like mine on the other line and she called us out of the blue and her adoptive parents had encouraged her to call us and she wanted to know her birth family. She wanted to know who we were. She wanted to come visit us. And so we had arranged a meeting uh, for her to come to our home. Now, at the time, I still hadn't told my boys that we had placed a child for adoption. I mean, I still had this looming fear that they would reject me if they knew my past or they knew that I had done something um, th- that would hurt them potentially or they were missing out on a sister. So I was terrified to tell my own children that I was a birth mom and that they had a sister. Uh, but I knew it was the time. And so I found a picture and, and, and the funniest part of this, the story, it was a, it's a small aha moment, which sounds tiny, but it was big for me. The boys were all upstairs playing a game of we at the time. And I called them all down and, and I was shaking and I had this picture of our daughter and, you know, they, they all came racing down and I'm trying to explain to them that you have a sister and, and they started jumping up and down and screaming, cool, mom, that's so cool. <laughs> and then like within 10 seconds, they're like, okay, can we go back upstairs now and play a game? <laughs> I was like, wait, you're not going to shame me or condemn me or, and it was this, that moment, it was this, it was this notion of simple acceptance. If they could show acceptance, why could I not accept myself? And what am I teaching my children if I want life to always look and feel perfect all the time? And, and what am I teaching them if I can't work through my own fears? It, it just made me realize that, you know, our kids are imperfect and they need an imperfect mom to lead them into a healthy adulthood. And started this notion of just being more open and honest and sharing with them 
not just past stories, but my own fears and, and letting them see that I work through things um, just as much as, as they're going to work through things. So that was the beginning of just an entire new journey where our daughter showed up on our doorstep with her adoptive parents, probably about, I don't know, maybe three months later. And it was a beautiful time together. The boys all fought over who would sit next to her at the table. And, <laughs> you know, we had a great time. And, you know, after we met, we developed this sweet relationship. And, you know, we just decided to stay in touch. Uh, when she became a teenager, we talked on the phone and she spent a weekend with our family and um, the boys baked a cake together with her. We got pedicures and all that kind of fun stuff. And, and, you know, at first I was afraid that I wouldn't know how to be the mom she needed uh, as a birth mom. And I just really had to just let those fears go and just say, you know, I'm just going to love her for, for, where she is, answer the questions she needs to know, and really just be open and honest with her and just really come to a place of just, you know, letting our love grow slowly over time. Um, you know, and things, things changed, though. I didn't realize, my husband and I didn't realize she had severe problems at home. We didn't realize she had a troubled childhood. We didn't realize there was a lot of... Um, just some heartache that she was dealing with at home. And so when she enrolled in college, everything just changed. About, and she enrolled in college about three years ago. We learned that the relationship between my birth daughter and her adoptive parents had been completely severed. They chose not to parent her anymore. Um, they removed all financial support all emotional support. They were no longer supportive of her having any kind of relationship with her birth family. And she had nowhere to turn. It was a devastating time in her life. It was a devastating time for my life and my husband's. We felt betrayed and we felt just that the only thing we could do was just be there to give her love and support. And, you know, we could have walked away and just said, you know, we're not going to deal with this, but we just ch chose love to say, we're going to move in closer and we're going to be there for you. And so we, we chose to readopt her. Hmm. I remember this fear of thinking of, in that decision of, again, you know, similar fears as before, but, oh my gosh, what if I disappoint her? What if she realizes I'm not perfect? What if I can't be a good mom to her after missing all these foundational years? What if I make things worse? Um, you know, I was shaking at that courtroom thinking, what if I, what if I'm just going to make, a, what if I'm just going to make things worse for her and she, and I disappoint her. And, and I remember fighting those fears and again, holding on to that notion of love that, when I chose to make an adoption plan, I promised to give her the best life possible. And I would do anything to make that happen. And while I couldn't provide for her at birth, I was going to step out in faith and grasp with the chance to take care of her as an adult. 
So, you know, the three of us stood in front of a judge along with all the boys in the background and we held her and said, we do. Mm-hmm. And gained back our, our birth daughter as part of our family. That's such an incredible story. And it's so beautiful. And it really it does showcase the notion that our fears are false, right? Mm-hmm. There's an acronym like for fear, it's false evidence appearing real, right? Exactly. Fear. And that's what exactly. fear is. It's It's not real. It's not tangible. It's not something you can hold on to like your daughter, like your children, all of your children. It's it's something that we create in between our ears that stops us. It holds us back. It holds us back from making decisions. It holds us back from really stepping into our power as women, as mothers, as human beings. It, it really can stop everything in our lives. And I think it's just such a powerful thing to hear your story and hear how you overcame those fears and persevered because it's so inspiring to hear that because so many people live in fear and stay there. And what's possible when you can step outside of that and see the bigger picture and say to fear, you know what? I feel you, but I'm just going to go right past that and, and go to the place that I know is love in my heart. And that's the place I need to be. What a beautiful place it can be on the other side of fear. Well, ex- so thank you oh, for sharing of course. that. Yeah. Well, and I'll just add that a lot of the fears I realized was this game we play, you know, as moms is what if, you know, what if I had done that? What if I had done that? What if I had done that? What if, what would my life have looked like if I had just done this? And when we stay in those what ifs, you know, we just never move forward. We were just stuck inside of a very real struggle. And, you know, as moms, I feel like we have to make peace with difficult decisions, even the ones that bring heartache. And knowing that we make the best decision that we can at that time in our life. Um, the what ifs don't change the narrative. They don't they don't alter my current circumstance. And, and what they do is just bring, like you said, doubts and worry. And we just sit in that fear. You know, the what if game, you know, if I, if I hadn't chose adoption for my daughter, would I have been able to be a single mom? I don't know. Would I have married my husband? I've no. Would I've had three boys? Would I've mentored anybody? What have I adopted a son? Would I be the wife and mother I am today? I mean, all those things, probably not. And we would all on a journey through the decisions that we make, even if we are terrified at the time to make them, but they're all part of helping us become the wives and mothers that we are today. But that requires moving forward um, just one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. How, what would you tell moms that are dealing with a difficult situation? How can they make peace with those decisions that, you know, can bring such heartache? What would you recommend to the moms that are out there suffering in silence, living in fear? How can they overcome that? Any advice there? Well, the things that I really hold on to is choosing grace over guilt and shame. And 
really every time we fall into those traps of feeling guilty and shame that we have to give ourselves grace. We have to cling to hope during difficult times. And remember there is healing after loss. I mean, sometimes we're stuck in a situation where we just can't even see straight and don't even know what the future holds. But the picture for now is blurry, but it doesn't mean it won't become clear later on. And we've got just to keep remembering to give ourselves grace that remember there is hope after heartache and to accept that we are imperfect and that we are going to go through imperfect circumstances to bring us to a new place that could be beautiful and change us for the better even we can't see it now but the most important thing i think i've learned too is to give our stories a voice give our pain a voice give our heartache a voice give our fear a voice i mean give it a voice because the more the more we hold it inside, I think that more that fear just churns in our mind and that guilt and shame has no place to go. So I just encourage listeners, and we all go through things, that there is healing after loss and we can hold on to that hope. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I love that you said that about sharing your story and giving it a voice because that's 100% of what we do at YGT Mama. That's what our books are. That's what this podcast is. That's what the blog is. Literally, my vision and passion in life is to be the vehicle that assists moms in sharing their journeys, their voices, um, their fears, giving a place to be free of judgment where you can be open and talk about the things we call it the gray areas. You know, you talk about the things that are not often talked about in motherhood. We, we deal a lot on this show with grief, with loss. Um, we interviewed Danielle Williams and she talked about losing a child. We've interviewed Jessica Jansen, who also talked about losing um, her little baby boy. You know, there's just, there's so much that people are dealing with so much out there and suffering in silence. And it, there's no reason for it. We talk a lot about fertility. We talk about everything that's not talked about miscarriage, um, abortion, you know, things that are controversial and maybe frowned upon and cause a lot of fear and a lot of fear of judgment, a lot of fear of resentment and a lot of fear in general, just for speaking up and sharing your voice. So I think that statement is incredibly powerful to, to give our fears a voice, to give our journey, our story, a place in the world to be heard. And to, I think that there's something so powerful in hearing the stories of others. It's inspiring. It lets you know that you're not alone. And even if your journey doesn't resonate entirely with somebody else because they've never experienced that, there's a nugget in there that they can pull out. There's something that they can connect with you. And by being brave and by sharing your journey, we're allowing women to feel that acceptance and to feel that love, that unconditional love from us. And I just, I love it. That's why I do what I do. (laughs) I love it so much. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I think, you know, what I've discovered in sharing our stories is that, you know, there is a place of kindness and acceptance from one another. We learn to accept one another's differences and accept that we come from different places, but we all can learn and grow from each other's experiences and help each other along the journey. We're not meant to go through this alone. And like you said, that we, we, we are not alone, but that's why I encourage like you are in this beautiful podcast to share stories and to share our griefs and to share our worries and fears so that we can just come alongside each other in our deepest needs. We are meant for community. And that's just the biggest, you know, blessing of, of motherhood that nobody is called to do that alone. I don't know. I would not be able to do it, uh, you know, without the love and support and kindness and acceptance of women surrounding me. Absolutely. And I mean, not to sound cliche, but that whole, it takes a village theory, like that came from somewhere. It does take a village. It really, truly does. What your village looks like is up to you and your bubble specific to you, but it, it is not something. And I even say it in the opening notes of the podcast, like motherhood is not something that's meant to be braved alone. Mm -hmm. And it's not, we need support. We need camaraderie. We need to know that we're not alone. We need to know that we have a place to go. And I do feel often in motherhood, there there is a disconnect. And you mentioned it earlier about this whole perfectionism epidemic, right? It's like everybody's yes. striving to be something that is so unnecessary. None of us are perfect. Why would we want to be perfect? And I think sort of reaching and searching for imperfection and doing imperfection well is a great place to be because when you can own your story and own what your motherhood, that's when we can really step into our power. And that's when we can really be a a great role model for these little people that we're raising because they don't need to see perfect. They need to see real. They need to see honesty. They need to see truth. They need to to know that when they have something that they have to overcome, that they can do it without the shame and without the judgment, right? I think it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And when I talked about that story of just learning from my children of that simple acceptance and that notion of why am I trying to teach them? that their lives need to be perfect or that I need to be perfect. And how are they ever going to become healthy adults if I don't start removing that lens of perfection and really teaching them that, you know, there is grace and love and forgiveness on a daily basis and we all need it. And it really turned my parenting around in those moments. And, and, you know, even today, you know, as we, now we've entered into the teenage years and, <laughs> and wow, you know, those are just all kinds of emotions and, and things going on. But just to say, you know what, I understand exactly what you feel like. And this is where I was at that place in my life, or this is where I felt, you know, during that time. And this is when I felt even being pregnant and having to hide it. And, and this is how I felt about relationships. I mean, really just, just offering honesty in love and grace. So that gives them a foundation moving into adulthood. You know, I don't want them to sweep anything under the rug in their future relationships. I want them to learn how to 
deal with grief and loss and pain in a healthy way um, because I've seen it done unhealthy and I've seen how much it can damage our souls as as women and you know I want them to also come alongside their wives and know how to you know approach them with love and grace when they are struggling and not encourage them to be perfect wives either so you know I have this mission with boys (laughs) you know with a lot of boys that let me teach you what a what a woman needs what a what a mom needs to hear and you know what gentleness she needs from you and understanding she needs from you. Well, and I think as I'm also a mom of three boys, you know, we, we do have a responsibility to, to teach them that we have a responsibility to teach them that it's okay for them to be vulnerable. It's okay for them to feel all of their feelings and it, you don't have to be this hard man to to be a man right it's it's exactly beautiful balance of vulnerability honesty and truth and just all of it i'm i I love that you mentioned that because you know being a boy mom is is a whole different ball game (laughs) (laughs) but it's so much fun and really it's it's just so beautiful to watch all children grow up and come into their own as you know tweens and teenagers and then adults and it's it's just such a cool experience and um my eldest is turning 13 next month um and then i have a four-year-old and a two-year-old so it's it's starting all over again there's a big gap between them so i'm I'm seeing the teenage years beginning and then i'm also seeing all of the newness of toddlerhood, right? It's like everything is so new. And then it's the same with the teenager. It's just parenting is such a cool, cool space. It's hard and we need help and it's okay to ask for help. But yes, it's, it's beautiful and joyful. And there's so much amazingness in there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got five. <laughs> and I have five. Well, and I didn't, I didn't mention that earlier, but yeah, my oldest daughter is now 22. And then I have an 18 year old son, a 16 year old son, a 13 year old son, and one that just turned 11. Aye, so aye. <laughs> we know. So we are all into this preteen, young adult, teenage, um, you know, life. But I, I have enjoyed every moment, um, well, you know, we don't enjoy every moment, but I have enjoyed these beautiful conversations now of just walking through difficult times in our life and really just, like you said, just being open and vulnerable. And when I feel pain, you know, I don't just sit in the closet and shut the door. They see my pain. Mm -hmm. When I feel scared, they see that and I will talk through it and walk through it. And, you know, we've all learned to like that candle is just spread love to one another. You know, my daughter might have missed, um, you know, upbringing with our family, but my boys have totally embraced her and welcomed her and love on her and she loves on them. And we know it takes time. You know, I had to let go of this expectation of even what I thought family would look like. You know, it had to be something new and beautiful and let it you know, organically just form on its own. And so that whole idea of, again, the perfectionism, I had to let that go. It wasn't going to look, I mean, there is no such thing 
you know, as this normal, perfect family, I had to let that go and just let it relationships open and, and grow on their own and, and support one another in that process. So we're still learning, right? I mean, we're still learning how to work with one another and how to meet one another where we're at. And that's really a lifelong process, but yeah. I don't think that ever changes. I don't think it ever changes. And that's okay, right? It's and having the support of all of these other people around you and our community and everything is it's that's what this is all about, right? Because it is a lifelong journey. Motherhood changes you, <laughs> it makes you a new woman, and you know, then we have these little people to raise, and it's a, a lifelong journey. Um, so thank you first of all, for coming on and sharing your story. It's so empowering. I think spreading your story, spreading your words, spreading the love is just going to inspire so many people in those times where they are up against difficult decisions. Um, I hope people can really pull from this that, you know, you don't need to be perfect and it's okay to make mistakes because it's in our mistakes, so-called mistakes where we grow the most and where we learn the most. And then we realize that they weren't actually mistakes after all. They were, you know, part of life. <laughs> I, and, you know, just thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I, I absolutely love that. So if our listeners want to find Adrian, where, where can we find you? Well, I'm definitely on Instagram. Would love for you to check me out there. I have a Facebook author page and I have a website. I'd love for anyone to sign up for my email updates and they can learn more about um, my upcoming book coming out. Um, that is to be determined, but it is out there with publishers. So sign up for my email would be wonderful. Amazing. So exciting for all of that. And um, well, again, thank you for being here. That was just such a beautiful story to share. And I'm sure you're going to inspire so many people. So thank thank you for having me. It was a privilege. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to You've Got This Mom of the Podcast. Head on over and subscribe to the tribe if you haven't already and leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate every single one so, so much and it helps keep this show alive. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast podcast that helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review i would like to thank the production team and megan krumpetich our producer for making this happen thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear we hope you tune in next week but in the meantime please remember you've got this mama you've got this mama